Nope. Yo, what's up? It <laughs> is your boy, Face the Dream Pammy and Ian Silverback Butler. And today, welcome to not the third shot, not the fourth shot, not the second shot, but the first shot podcast being brought to you by none other than Bet Online. I'm going to let my boy Ian Butler talk to you about Bet Online. But if you were a Cowboys fan or you are a Vegas Golden Knights fan, not a good week to bet. But hey, what can you do? It's sports. Yes. Yes, Tell yes, us a little bit about Bet Online. Bet Online for all your betting needs, including, I mean, if your NFL team or NHL team didn't do well, you still have the NBA and we still have fights, we still have esports, and we still have golf. Does golf have a season? Or is it all you do? I feel like golf season is one of those things that's just always happening. You kind of always just turn on the TV and and you can find golf any time of year. Okay. All right. So you can bet all year round with golf and more with Bet Online. Use promo code Believe50 to receive your 50% off. Welcome bonus. Um, Yeah. Bet Online. I was not betting this week. My team sucked this weekend. So, yeah, and then as far as fighting this weekend, huge fight cards, none of my stuff hit at all either. <laughs> so, it's okay. It's all right. We're going to be okay. We're going to make it. Bro, gonna... I feel like, uh, like I, you know, when I, I used to joke around, about, like, what I wear, I'm like, oh, I feel like that's something you wear when you're, like, 35, 36. <laughs> now, when I wear something, I'm like, oh, oh, I don't say that anymore. Like, I really feel like a 35-year-old wearing this right now like this is like the 35 year old look and uh tell everybody what you're wearing champion gear gold rush wrestling academy (laughs) oh and go knights go and then uh i got my uh st louis blues hoodie championship hoodie because i feel like i won't see a championship in a while in my sports team besides all my kids over at the club but, you did that uh, on purpose, bro. That's that's who just beat the Knights the other night. That's right. That's right. At least it's something. But yeah. But is that a is that a, a crew neck? Uh, like yeah. A, yeah. Like a quarter? That quarter zip. Yeah, it goes. Yeah, it's quarter zip. Yeah. Well, my chest. My my chest. You know, maybe it's like a quarter quarter zip. You know, I got that big <laughs> big chest. So. <laughs> I, like I like quarter zips. Uh, it's the season for quarter zips, bro. Wrestling season is winter season. So, yeah, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, right, brother. Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. Wait, yeah. before we go, before we get going, I got a question for you. Oh, I have an answer. Maybe it's not a question. Maybe answer. it's just a thought. Maybe it's a question. It is Christmas. <laughs> it's that time of year. Yeah. All right. You're warming up for a wrestling match, jujitsu match. You're warming up for a fight. You're getting ready to go. And January mm-hmm. and then February. A date in February. Okay. What Christmas song are you listening to? If you had to choose one, that's going to get you fired up before your fight. Go. Christmas music ever gets me fired up. <laughs> you got to choose one. This is this is this is it. You got to choose one. I know which one I'm going with, brother. One that always comes to mind is Jingle Bells. Jingle Bell rocks, right? Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell rocks. Because also too. Uh, when I used to watch Home Alone, that was always the song that was playing in the background during Christmas. Mm-hmm. And he's like, 
rocking out in like his underwear at home alone and Jingle Bell Rocks is playing and all the tours are going. Like that is that is my jam right there. All right. Well, brother, I'm going with Carol of the Bells. Really? Fire. Nothing. <laughs> Remember the Home Alone episode when he's he's in the church and then he says, Oh, I gotta go protect the house, and then boom, it hits. You know, the yeah, he starts running yeah. back to his house. Hey, yeah. every time I see that, every yeah. time I see that, it's go time. I was just listening <laughs> on the drive over, getting ready for the podcast, and thinking, you know what? I could really, I could really, I could, if I fought in the UFC, this would be the song I'd come out to all year uh, long. No, hold on, but it has to be, it has to be the Trans Siberian Orchestra version. <laughs> Go listen to it. Go listen to it before you ne- before your next training session, and then we'll circle up. Okay. All right. Bet, All right. right? Bet? I'll do, that. I'll do that for sure. I'll do that All for right. sure. Okay. We got a lot of good topics today. Um, One of them, one of them per se. All right. So, like I said, everybody knows it's wrestling season. We talked about it last episode. Um, Everybody's doing tools. Everybody's doing tournaments. Um, some high schools are different. Some high schools go dual heavy in the beginning. Some of them go tournament heavy and then dual later on. And they barely have duels and they do tournaments a lot. Um, all preference on your school and your coachings. And uh, right now, since we have a club, you have a club. How often do you have kids dueling against each other? It's starting to happen more. I can see it happening this year with some of the kids in our room. And not many, but <laughs> there, there's a few of them that are out there. Vegas is split up a lot. It, it's really, there's five different divisions in Nevada, which I think is completely unnecessary, but I have no control over that. However, there's, we have kids that are in 4A and in 5A and in 3A in our club, pretty well spread out. So they don't see each other as much as you would think. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, being at the Mecca of California and how many people we have, it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know why, because we, we don't have division. It's all one big state, right? For right. Um, we run into each other a lot, bro. <laughs> uh, uh, it's weird. We have an incident yesterday and we're going and we go, I'm like, Who's all dueling this weekend, this week? And half everybody raised their hands. Like everybody's dueling Wednesday, Thursday. Some of them have stuff Saturday. And then I'm like, where are you going? And they all pointed at each other because they're all doing against each other's schools and stuff like that, which is pretty funny, you know? So I'm going to, uh, it's pretty cool right for me right now. So I don't know. I might just pick one duel so I can hit two birds and run stone and see how many kids are dueling at once. Yeah. I- well, which is pretty cool. Um, it's uh, it's fun right now. But we also go into the conversation when they're just like, hey, like Brian, like, I don't want to go to Marcus. We're kind of doing against each other. And uh, I'm like, you guys train with each other all day, every day. <laughs> like, what's the difference? <laughs> like, what's the difference? Like, you know, but uh, we have those situations, but it's nothing but love. It's actually cool that a lot of our kids are the captains and they get to go out against their other school and you see another captain from Silverback, which is pretty cool, man. It's a uh, good karate. It's a cool thing to see. Right. Yeah, yeah, brother. I don't remember last year how many kids I had 
wrestle each other. It wasn't very many, but I would venture to say there's probably two or three out there where they will end up wrestling each other. Yeah. Um, people have moved around weights a little bit. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Okay. So, talking yeah. about duels, talking about yeah. wrestling matches. Yep. 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 Week, yep. We talked, we do wrestling mindset every week with Mike Moore and great program. I truly enjoy it. Um, I think my kids and families, parents, everyone benefits from it a lot. And one of the things we were talking about this week was pre-match uh, routines, post-match routines, and and the details of going into that. So talk to me a little bit. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your pre-match, pre-fight, pre-jujitsu comp routines, and then what you think are important in pre-match routines and post-match routines. Yes. So like... Um... This is my bread and butter. Sports psychology was my thing. Um, I love diving in deep in this. And I always tell my kids that uh, everybody's routine is different. I think even on the mat, man, like Elijah, one of my kids always do the little, uh, to do the little cross, you know, give thanks to God before going on the mat. That's his routine. Ricky does like a little same thing. He goes on a kneel. He'll grab the band, walk over to the other side. Then he does a little jump and he goes. Um, I think almost all that's important because it keeps things on a good schedule and a routine. I always preach to my kids that all the best athletes in the world have a routine. It doesn't matter if it's baseball, if a pitcher is going off the dugout and he's jumping over the line as kind of like it kind of like a little jinx, but that's his little routine, man. Every athlete in the world has a routine, right? So a little bit of mind, pre-match, right? I always want to get in a good sprint. I always want to open up my lungs. I was always taught that no matter what. Um, I'm always sprinting, right? I'm always like a little hands guy like this. I'm always messing with my hands. Um, some wrestlers are different, man. Some some people like to do the little slap thing, right? I'm not that. I always mess with my hands. I'm always like lunging. I'll do like a little jump and uh, like when I little squat and then like I'm ready to go. My mind is focused and in my mind, I have that same routine that it knows that it's just game time. It's ready to go. And it gets me lined up and focused and ready to fire on all cylinders at that point. Um, end of the match, post-match, I don't sit. I don't sit. After matches, I might, I'll go over and hit a sprint or walk back and forth, pacing back and forth, right? Um, I think that's always good that I just don't sit because you just had a hard match. Your lungs are heavy. A, go run it off. Just a little couple ones, and then boom, I'm ready to go. Get my mindset, headphones back in, hydrate. If I am doing a wrestling or jiu-jitsu match, hydrate, get feel back in, get ready to go again. So it's it's crucial, man. It's crucial. I, I think all the best athletes in the world has one, and you just have to develop one. You know, everybody is different. Everybody isn't the same, right? Um, some kids some kids do not like this friend. Some kids just like to pace back and forth. You know, some kids just like to move side to side. Right. Um, some kids do like to do that little jump squat that I said. Right. Um, you know, but I think all that is great. Please just don't do the one thing that blows my mind, which is do not stand still. 
and look at the, and you're at the mat and you're not moving whatsoever and you're just staring at the mat. And if you take off your hoodie, like, boom, I'm ready to go and you did not move at all, I will lose my goddamn, like, dude, I, I, that's, dude, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. It really pisses me off, right? Especially you just standing there and you're like, oh, I'm ready to go. And you did not move. You did not pace. Um, movement, going back and forth, keeps your body warm and it keeps your body loose and it keeps your body ready to fire and ready to go, man. Right. So I, all that is really important. Um, some stuff you have to test out for sure. And, uh, and then you're fine, dude. You'll find some stuff, man. And I also talk to other athletes that you also have in the club. Talk to the better ones that you look up to. Talk to the one that's always winning. See what works for you, right? You can always try out new things, right? That are good, right? Um, some people like to do fast feet, like boom, fast feet. You're ready to fire and then have their headphones in, right? The, the, discover a playlist, right? Like somebody, some people like to go heavy, like heavy hardcore rap or rock where they want to go. And then I got kids like, like Trevor that like to listen to classical music before he wrestles, right? But it's it's a huge part. It's a huge part of the mental game before performing. Like, it doesn't matter if it's a big stage. It doesn't matter if it's a medium. It doesn't matter if it's high. It doesn't matter if it's a state title. It doesn't matter if it's just a small tournament. It all needs to be done. So, yeah, man. <laughs> I agree. That's, like, that, that's great, brother. Yeah. I used to um for warm-ups or, or be, even before practice getting into that mindset of treating practice the same way as competition and one thing i look back now and and you ever hear the national anthem now well I'm, you hear the national anthem now but are you when you're at a game you're at a sporting event or whatever you hear the national anthem whatever it is you get you feel that little bit of that surge of energy. And still to this day, I hear that. And we used to, one of the best training cycles I ever had. Um, back in 2017, we were getting ready for the U.S. Open. And real consistent, good six to eight weeks of training leading up to the competition. Um, every Friday, we would do match days. And we'd come in in the morning. Um, we would, whatever, warm up, do, do everything just like it is. And then I got into the habit of I wanted us to play the national anthem because I wanted to make that that feel of energy. And so all of us would, you know, put put a national anthem, stand there, go through that, and then give that little two-minute countdown until you know first match up or second match up and create that kind of that kind of anxiety and those kind of nerves and recreate it. Yes. You know, and that was one of my favorite, that was one of my in, in training, I, I I truly came to um, you know, came to, came to enjoy that as a, as a trigger for me. You know, I struggled with nerves a lot before matches. I, I both loved it and hated it. Um, the feeling of having to go pee 25 times before a match, um, yep. having a hard time breathing, you know, or ner- but or nervous poop for some people. <laughs> yeah. Some people. Right. <laughs> um, I, you know, for me, I would just, my, my, my routine was pretty similar. My warm up was, was exactly the same. Every time I had my things that I like to do. And, um, I had my playlist of stuff. Usually it was an eighties rock playlist. Um, for some reason towards the end, uh, it was Drake the last year and oh. competing. I only had two competitions my last year. So <laughs> there, there was, there wasn't much to go off on that, but I, you know, 
before Spotify and all that kind of stuff, you know, I created an iTunes playlist that was basically, I used that for warmups. I used that when I was cutting weight. I knew how many songs I needed to listen to and how much weight I lost based on the amount of songs that I listened to. So I had that pretty dialed in. Um, you know, for me, I, Coach Slay and I would always pray before a match, uh, before a tournament. And, um, you know, he would just remind me of, of give your best effort. And those, those were the kind of my little triggers um, that I would lean back on. And for my cool down, it was always typically would run off the mat. Most of the time I'd shake hands and kind of run off to my own area and, and get a couple of sprints in and a little cool down and um, just kind of get ready for the next match. So nothing too crazy, but I would say the importance of it looking back now as a coach and some things I would do differently, some things I would keep the same, but being very attentive to the process, right? The process of warming up, the process of cooling down. I like to cook steak a lot and you cook a steak on the grill. When you take it off, you're supposed to let it sit for a little bit, let it kind of simmer down, let it kind of cool down kind of thing, you know? And yeah. so, um, you know, it's the same with wrestling, right? You got to warm up. You got to get the engine going. You got to have a way to do that. You got to have triggers to do that, um, yeah. mental things. But the importance of treating practice like a competition, we've been encouraging our kids this week as we're kind of two weeks out to, we want them to wear their singlets every day to practice, um, yeah. just to start to create that. Um, and, and even going forward, just to start to create that, that straps up, it's time to go, you know, kind of thing. Um, but all successful people, man, have great routines. Great routines are, are so valuable. I know you and I were talking about top of the morning routine, top right? Of the morning. Get up in the morning, top like the morning. have a little cup of coffee, <laughs> sit down, whatever it might be. Well, that's how you start your day, right? That's how you start yep. to get things going. And for competitors, um, athletes, such a huge, huge thing in the sport, right? And understanding what those, what those things are for you as an athlete um is is vital right is vital i mean i know kids who are great athletes or people wrestlers in the past or athletes or whatever that are incredible athletes in the practice room or incredible athletes but when it comes to competition trying to control all those nerves and and man i don't i don't like to say control but manage manage the nerves right because the more nerves are those things that like the more you try to control them right it's like uh, you control them less, so to speak. They take, they, they take over more, but just managing those nerves. Cause you know, those are going to be there, you know? Um, and then you have some people that like, yeah, I really, I don't get that nervous. I just, I go out and That's a you know, lot. It, 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 they love, they, they love, they love the fight, you know, they love the fight. Yeah. They love whatever it is. Um, but yeah, every person's different. Every trigger is different. And there's an interesting uh, sports psychology, you might know about this for you kind of being a, a you know, having a history in, 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 in a sports psych, but it's, uh, it's called the, it's called like, um, let me make sure I have the name right on it. It's, uh, athletic optimal arousal scale. Okay. So before matches, um, they basically have a scale of like one through 10 and there's a certain set of questions that they ask you that lead you into what your optimal number is for a match. Like one, obviously being really like, you know, low and docile 10, 
B and obviously you got to get yourself pumped up. Right. So some kids they they, they, they're, they should really be like twos and threes or whatever, but they're yeah. operating at like an eight or nine before their match, like you're getting all hyped up, everything like that. And then they're stepping out on the mat um, and they're adrenaline dumping. Right. Yep. Or there's kids that are maybe, you know, they're two, three, fours, you know, they're, they're going out like, you know, they think they should be this way when really based on their personality and their set of questions, like they should be like at a seven, eight before match, like doing sprints, doing hard goes, doing hard, whatever it might be, you know? Um, and so there's, there's, uh, this scale is really, really unique. I, I hadn't seen it before. It, it, we did it the last year I was at Penn, um, right before COVID. So we really didn't get to go through all of our athletes. Um, but we had gone through about half of them and I was really starting to understand kind of the line of questioning that led into, and a lot of it's based on personality too, right? If you're like, you know, by nature, maybe you're a little more, you know, passive, um, docile, whatever you want, might want to say, well, you're going into a match, right? Like you need to have, you know, points where you're at an eight, nine, you know, eight, nine, 10, getting ready for a match. Cause you got to get those, you got to get that energy up. You got to get that fight up, you know, and then you come back yeah. down as you're going into your match, then you, you know, then you're going in with, you know, two, three, four, whatever your, um, you know, your, your optimal level is before a tournament or a competition, right. Or before a match. Right. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I love all of that, man. I, dude, I, uh, oh man, dude. Um, nerves, right. Um, somebody, a lot of person, there's two of my coaches, probably actually one of my coach and another one was one of my friend that competes in Muay Thai said two things about nerves, right? Dean Lister um, said it well. He goes like, Hey man, nerves are like a fire, right? He goes like, if you can control it or try to control it or finds a way to adapt to make it work for you. Right. Always. Right. Um, control it. It can be a beautiful bonfire. Right. Um, if you can't, control and you just let it get the best of you um the bricks are down on the bonfire and then the fire spreads and it can turn into this big wildfire and it can just burn everything right um the best ones too and then um one of the best ones i talked to was kaylin young i was overseas with her in kuwait and um won the u.s soul tour and we're eating breath and she has had over a hundred plus more time fights right um and I was just like, hey, you still get nervous before <laughs> before you fight or compete? Like, man, like I, and she goes, yeah, I do. Um, she goes, one of the person that said it best is, and she goes, it's like going in for your first kiss, right? You have a girl, right? This is one of the best ones, right? Hey, for kids at the club, if you have a girl or if you have a boy, right? you like this you like this person it's nervous right because everybody's scared to embrace it right when it hits you right um this what really taught me to embrace it. and it was just off to his feet and she goes hey you have this person you like and you've been thinking about them and you go on a date and and then you start getting butterflies like should i go in for the kiss or not should i do it or uh, should i try to hold her hand should i try to hold his hand and you have butterflies and then you go in for the kiss and then it just all works out Right. Mm -hmm. Right. She goes, everybody that's scared to get nervous of butterflies, she goes, you should embrace it. You should embrace it. Be glad to have it because mm -hmm. you're okay. Right. 
when you kind of reach like us, you won't have those butterflies anymore, right? Yeah. And you're going to have all those feelings back, right? You're, you can have, there's other moments in your life when you meet your husband, a future wife, or your girl, you will have butterflies. But as far as on the mat and everything, just when they come to you, just embrace it and glad that they're there, right? And enjoy that moment because it's about to be an awesome moment, win or lose, and just embrace it. Right. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to think about it, brother. Like, and and I think, uh, you know, bro, it's it's when when and and I liken it now in in kind of the business realm or just life in general. I catch myself saying it sometimes, but one phrase that drives me nuts when people say, "Ah, oh, I just want to live stress free. I want no stress in my life." <laughs> Pet peeve. <laughs> and I say it, I probably say it too. I try to be aware of it, but realistically, right? There's no such thing. You got to embrace it. Stress is a part of life. You're going to have days that are stress is going to be on you. That's just, that's it. There's no, you don't get out from underneath that, right? You embrace it. You embrace whatever is, is, is bringing the stress on or whatever situation you're in and you work to get to the next best place, get to the next best moment, one step at a time, you know, the old phrase, one, one foot in front of the other until you kind of, until you got kind of get yourself going again. But with competition, it's the same thing, dude. I used to hate, oh, I loved, I loved making weight because it was done. Yep. But within five minutes of making weight, five to 10 minutes, like your mind switches over and it's like, I would start feeling those nerves. Even if it was night before weigh-ins, I started to feel that little bit of like, a yep. little bit of anxiety kicking in, right? Yep. And almost wanting to run from it at times. But as a competitor, as an athlete, right? You have, those are things like you're saying, those are things you, you have to embrace that. You got to embrace those moments. And I like the way you're saying it because it doesn't last forever. It doesn't. Right. It's going to become something else. Right. Like my, my, my angst and, you know, the nerves and things that I get got as a competitor. Now they're, they're a little bit different. You know, I still, I still see those situations in day-to-day life or week-to-week life. Um, but it, 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 it looks a little different, but the competitive nerves, the competitive angst that you get, I miss it sometimes. <laughs> Other times <laughs> I really don't. I don't, when I'm coaching my athletes, I'm thinking, man, I don't really miss that feeling. <laughs> However, it's become the, some of those things over some athletes, as you get more invested in them, as you're around them more, you get, you, you, you really start to feel like you're the one out there on the mat. You're the one preparing the nerves that you feel are very, very real and you can't control it. You you're not in control necessarily of what happens out on the mat. So you got to do your best to manage your emotions for your athletes. That is, that is correct. That is. So, um, look, man, um, before fights in the locker room, um, this is something that Pat used to do too. Um, he looks for an exit door. Who does? Pat Barry, he fought in the UFC. Yeah. He looked for an exit door at the arena. 
and be like, there's an exit door. All they got to do is just walk out that door and there's all the anxiety and everything will be over. But he stayed, right? Um, all the best in the world has these nerves, man, and anxiety. Um, and reason why about anxiety and Mike and wait, because that's the first competition. Like everybody knows that. That is your first, if you don't know how to, let's just say like if your weight management is still on point, but you still have to make it, but that's your, that's your first fight. That's your first wrestle off. It's just making the weight, going to the scale first. Right. Um, and after that, it's funny. After you make weight, you're always just like, damn, I made weight. You feel happy. You feel joy for like an hour or two. Right. Because you get to eat something maybe right. A little bit more portions than what you're eating before. And then you can get ready to go and you feel so happy that you're off the scale and you had that fresh drink of water. And then hour later, after you're done eating, boom, it hits you, right? And you have anxiety in your chest. Like, you still got to wrestle. <laughs> and that's, that's one of the, that's one of the big reasons I do not like kids cutting weight. I think cutting weight has changed. I think yeah. over the last couple of years, the model of it has changed. The thoughts on it have changed, but for a lot, a lot of, for me, a big part of my career, a big chunk of my career was just getting to the scale. Once I yeah. got to the scale and that was done, it was almost like, oh, I got to compete still. You know, you didn't take into account that you still got to go out and compete. That's why yeah. the, the making that, if there are certain situations where kids do need to manage weight and, and, and I think there are times where they do have to have to, you know, got to got to get down to a certain weight class and whatnot. And, and there's a management process in that. Right. But yep. that's a huge thing when it comes to weight cutting is look, especially young kids. Hey, just get, you don't want just getting to the scale to be the to be the end all. Right. That's it. All we got to the scale. Yep. You know, now we got to go. Now we got to go compete. Um but there's also pre, pre weigh-in routines and post weigh-in routines as well. Yeah. I don't know if you have that. Um, I know in my career, I had a lead up starting about five or six days out, um, especially when I was making 145 on the international level. I had a liquid diet that started about five days out and it was always liquid diet. Yeah. So we would start out, it would, it would start out like this. So it would start out on say weigh-ins were, um, say weigh-ins were, I think they're usually Thursday night for competitions, Thursday or Friday, let's just say weigh-ins are Friday. Um, so Monday would be a, uh, would be normal breakfast, normal lunch, whatever I'd been doing prior to, and then right. Monday night would become a smoothie. All right. And then Tuesday morning was breakfast, smaller lunch, half smoothie, and then it was smoothie at night. And there was different kinds of smoothies that I had to make. Then Wednesday was breakfast, smoothie, smoothie, all right? And then Thursday, still, I would still have cut breakfast in half. It'd be a smaller breakfast, right? Yep. Just typically it's just something. So I had a little bit in my stomach and then the rest would be smoothie. Lunch would be smoothie. Dinner would be smoothie. All right. And then Friday would come, um, you know, if it was weigh in day, 
whatever, sleep, have a little bit in the morning, small, small food, just have some energy, a little bit of smoothie and then go cut weight. Because when you have food, when you have like food with consistency, it just sits in your stomach. Right. So the idea was with, with putting the smoothie is you, your body, it was a slower play on letting your body kind of get all the food and stuff out of you. Um, and pretty much it was already, I was cutting water weight anyways at the end. So it was just making the cut a little bit easier to get some of that water out instead of that water sitting in your gut, maybe inside of whatever food you had eaten or whatnot. And that, that was, that was kind of the whole concept. So that's when I was making 145 and that was pretty much dialed in for, for, for every competition overseas. It was a little harder to manage, but also you were getting plus two kilos. Um, so I had a little different method for that. And then post weigh-ins, it was always sip water, sip water, sip water, sip water for about, uh, we had, we had like a, an hour and a half post weigh-in plan built out. Right. And it's been a little bit, but I remember the first 10 or 10 minutes or so was sip water. And then the next like five to 10 minutes was half water, half Gatorade sip on that. All right. So slowly start putting this stuff back in. Um, and then I think it was, I could drink Gatorade and water separately. Um, and then we had this thing where we had like Tostitos chips because the <laughs> salt in them. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd eat a certain amount of like Tostitos chips just to help kind of put something back into my gut at like the 40 minute mark. And then it was just a little, you know, bunch of little things. We just start layering, layering into it, right. For that first hour and a half. And then relaxing, letting the stomach settle and, and then doing it. Cause when you're cutting that kind of weight, like 145 for me was a nightmare it was, was, was really hard to do. And, and, but when I did it, when I did it with, you know, as close to perfect as possible, you know, the way in went really well, the post match or the post way in, uh, went well, the meal that night went well and, and competition typically went well. And the other thing on post way in stuff too, is what drives me nuts that a lot of people don't think about is, oh, okay, we made weight. Now, what, what does everybody say? Let me ask, what does everybody say when you make, when, when you make weight? What, what, what do they think they should go eat? Oh, bro, they go pick out, bro. They go, uh, it's like, I call it, we call it, I call it your last death row. I call it death row, right? So, which means I tell our kids, when you make weight on, like, when you're on death row, it's not the last meal you're going to eat on the face of the service. Right. Yeah. So they go hard in the paint, bro. Right. Yeah. They go eat. Uh, they go eat like shit. It's it's terrible, bro. And what's the one thing that every parent thinks kids should eat though, or every kid thinks they should eat the night before a race, the night before a competition? What's like the one food that oh, everyone's like? Pasta. Pasta. Carbohydrates. Pasta. Right. Which may may be true, may not be. However, I always tried to treat it this way. Whatever meals I've been eating for the last month or two months or three months. I'm not changing anything. So if I was eating pizza at night, every night, I'm not changing it. I'm eating pizza the night before <laughs> competition. Not that, not that that's what I did. I, I didn't do that. I had, you know, I had a consistent set of meals and, and food that my body was used to, but it's, it's that meal. Why am I going to change what I've been doing over the last so, three, four weeks that leading up to like, competition, right? Like us having us being at the highest level, right? Me and fighting and then you going international wrestling, right? You realize that we had diet and, uh, nutritionist at the highest level right that i know what works for me pasta doesn't work for me what works for me is rice right mm-hmm. and what works for me after post weigh-in i cannot really eat red meat 
right? Because it sits in my body and then I'm slow the next day. So mm-hmm. the constant thing I always eat, which I'm doing it right now, is mostly, it's pretty simple. My nutrition, it's like things that can fly and swim, right? So it's fish, it's eggs, it's chicken, right? It's There's not a lot of red meat for me to lose. Like, you know, I can't really eat that much red meat for me to lose that much. That's just the way my, that's the way my body works, right? Um, and as far as like grains for energy, like it's rice, right? So like I will always add their way into or have like a little thing of rice or I go to Chipotle, bro. It's pretty simple. Like I go to Chipotle, I can have rice, I can have a chicken bowl and stuff like that. And I'm ready to go and I'm ready to fire. Right. You know? So yeah. 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 And that's so, where preparation pe- people, you always hear that, right? Preparation is not, it's not what you do the night before. It's not what you do two days before it's competition. Everything's done at that point. You're, you're basically just, you're on autopilot. You're doing what you've been doing for, for the last three, you know, three months, you have a, what you, you have a fight or you got a big wrestling competition and it's, that's, it's that same way with athletes, right? Like athletes, parents that are listening, you know, two months out, three months out, a couple of weeks out. That's really when the preparation starts, right? Mm-hmm. It's not when they go to a big tournament and now all of a sudden we're going to change what we're eating. We're going to do something different. No, there's, there's a consistency to it. Stay consistent with, with, with what you've been doing, right? You don't, you don't, you don't change something last minute because, oh, it's weigh-ins or, oh, it's this. Now we got to do something different. Like for us, a consistent thing is we get to a tournament, wherever we're going to, I like to get my kids there early, preferably the, the day before weigh-ins, just because I don't want the stress of travel and all that, but get there, go find a place to work out right? Don't change anything in, in what you've been doing. Young athletes that are, that are listening, you know, elementary, high school, you know, even college athletes, right? It's so important in terms of what you do for the season. You enjoy your summertime, but you also got to remember like what you're doing during summer is going to affect what you're doing in, in, in the season. Right. And that's a little bit of a, you know, that's an extreme way to to think about it where you don't need to live wrestling 12 months a year. You're going to, you're going to break down, right? You got to have times off. Um, but as that summer starts to wind down, the things that you're starting to lay groundwork for, right, for the September, for the October, for the November, like that stuff starts in, in, in you know, late August. That stuff starts then, right? It's not, a, it's not something that's just, oh, I, I figure it out a couple weeks before competition, you know. So per what our conversation was last time when we were talking about training in the offseason and how all that goes. He's eating up rolls or Oreo cookies. Hey, sometimes you do got to eat up Rosa Oreo cookies, brother. I don't eat. I, I don't remember the last time I've had an Oreo cookie. Um, they always make my stomach hurt as I get older. I just, I, I don't really, that's not something that I genuinely crave anymore. Well, are you drinking it? Are you a milk drinker with your cookies? When I, when you yes, your- and, yes and no, I uh, guess because just, I just, I, yeah. I, I I bought a tin of cookies the other day, not a, not a tin, but you know, the package cookies and, and make them. It just felt like, all right, this is the time of year where you're supposed to do this. I, I don't think I've me personally ever went on my own and bought a package of cookies just to make them. But for whatever reason, I was like, I'm going to make up a package of cookies and toll house, whatever they are. And I bought <laughs> milk with it. And I just felt absolutely terrible the next day. I just, do, you ever, do you ever eat? Do you ever eat something and feel like what you ate, 
like reflects like who you are. Like it affects your self-worth. Like it affects, it affects your, your, uh, uh, mentality. Like sometimes I just eat a meal and I'm like, you know what? I'm a real, like, I'm a real shitty person. Like I'm just, I'm a terrible person, you know, like, are you kidding me dude forever <laughs> my girl is just like ian's gonna eat this and and give me shit pretty much the whole night that he ate there and i'm like i feel terrible i feel terrible and you feel like your world's gonna end right like i'm a horrible human being that i ate that i felt like shit but it was good going in though it was good eating that thing though but yeah i yeah Absolutely. A thousand percent. <laughs> Girl, when I was in Fargo this year, I don't know where this came from. I, I, outside of this, I very rarely, if ever buy them, but those Entenmann's honey, 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 uh, buns that come with like the frosting on it. You know, which ones I'm talking Yo, about? Add one of those Casey's Casey's at the corner, the corner store yeah. in Fargo, brother, I was buying one of those every morning. Let me tell you what, man, by, by day four of eating those or day, whatever it was, day three or four, I'd been eating those things. I just, I had completely lost hope in, in, in myself. Um, I pretty much almost just gave up and, and almost fired myself as a coach and uh, ah. really was really was just disturbed by the whole thing. Right. It really, it really took its toll on me. Hey, um, I'm, I'm, I'm joking in in, in, in a half in a half-hearted way, but I'm also very serious. Um, oh, the man. the wrestling mindset has definitely messed me up for for life. But then there are things I don't mind eating too. I like candy and I eat candy. But no matter what, whenever I get done with it, I'm like, man, really? Come on, did you really did you really need a whole bag of Airhead bites? No, you didn't. Yeah. But you chose <laughs> to eat it, right? You chose to eat it. You know, you have those conversations with yourself. <laughs> no, for sure. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. So <laughs> we will leave this episode with, um, dude, I think pre-match and uh, and post-match routine is really important. I think, you, uh, I think you definitely need to adopt it. I think you need to go talk to your coach and talk to you and, and talk to him about it. Talk to your teammates for sure. Find a better person on the team, find your captain, right. And see what they're doing. Always observe too. Right. Like when you're watching your best wrestler, if you ever go to the U S open, right. In Las Vegas, and then you see some of your top wrestlers or some of the guys you look up to look what they're doing before the match. Right. As well. Don't just focus on the match, but look at their mannerisms off the mat as well them pacing back and forth or them doing something to get ready right um watch them like i I think those details are really important really important that you can add to your game as well i agree and i'll tack on to that to make it practical you don't need to go and change a hundred things right now as season's coming we're we're, we're starting season started right so athletes parents coaches, kids, you know, you don't need to go change a hundred things. One, two, three things, maybe that you're, you're adjusting and then give those things time too. I think sometimes the challenge is, and the hard challenge with the world that we live in now is everyone wants results like that. Anytime you implement a change, you implement an adjustment into your pre-match warm up, your post-match cool down or your pre pre-weigh-in, whatever it is, it's going to take a little bit of time to kind of 
figure it out, but treat it like a scientific process, right? You test the, you test it, test the theory, you see if it works. Okay, good. Take note of it. Te you know, you test that theory. Ah, this didn't work. Maybe we try something different, right? So be a little bit of a, of a we talked about it a few weeks back, but be a little bit of a scientist about what you're doing, right? Yep. This is the time to do it right now, especially beginning of season. When you get to the end of season, it's a little more, you know, you should have those things dialed in, but what you're doing right now, you are laying the groundwork for the state tournament. Everything you do right now, these, these couple of weeks, this is what sets you up for state for whatever big tournaments are coming in the, in, in, in the, in the late winter. So great segment, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right, kids. So remember pre post-match be a scientist, play with it. And then we'll see you next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.